Hi, this is Abe Hefter, and welcome to You Heart to Hartford, the show that takes you inside the University of Hartford and the stories that are being told by the many talented people who are the University of Hartford, faculty, staff, students, alumni, and the experience and experiences they're sharing on our West Hartford campus and beyond. Now, joining us today is voiceover artist extraordinaire Steve French, Hart School class of 2003. Now, you might not know Steve personally, but you have heard his voice everywhere. He's been the promo voice for NASCAR, narrated documentaries for National Geographic. He's voiced spooky movie trailers and, um, as Steve puts it in his bio uh, biography, delightfully silly commercials. He calls his work on the hugely successful streaming series The Mandalorian a voiceover dream come true. Well, Steve and his many voices join us today. Uh, Steve, thanks for taking the time. Abe, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm I'm humbled and honored to be uh, talking with you and uh, repping the great University of Hartford. First off, what attracted you to pursue um, a voiceover uh, voiceover acting as a career? Well, it, you know, it's funny. Uh, for years, you know, obviously I graduated from the Hart School. I was a stage actor for many years. And for the longest time, I sort of only thought of voiceover as like this uh, side job that actors could get, you know, in between your stage or your television or your movie gigs. You'd, you'd do a commercial or something. You'd make a whole bunch of money and then you could, you know, sit on your couch for a while, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, there were a few, a handful of people I knew that were real voiceover guys back in the day. They had a home studio and they did promos and trailers and that sort of thing. But um, it wasn't until, I guess, about 2011 that it became kind of a, a more of a solid career for me. I'd had a uh, voiceover agent years before and done a little bit of work here and there. But then in 2011, I, as you mentioned in, in that wonderful intro, I, um, I signed with a new agency and the first job they sent me out on was an audition for NASCAR and it turned into a two-year promo campaign uh, for NASCAR. And so little by little, it took many years before it became a full-time career for me. But uh, I started to realize, oh, this is a, you know, sort of a thing. I'd, I'd been blessed to have people throughout my life say, oh, you've got sort of an interesting voice. Do you do voiceovers? You must do voiceovers, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I sort of had, a, you know, a, 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 we were talking before we got on that you're an old radio guy, did, did a little bit of radio at University of Hartford, just sort of in the student realm. And But then, you know, little by little, it, it became this thing that I could get into. And um, I'm very, very happy to be pursuing it now. Now, in your web bio, you write, uh, voiceover gives you the opportunity to use uh, your decades of experience as an actor and singer in ways you were never able to fully explore when you were performing on stage. So how so? Well, I've heard much smarter voice actors than I talk about this, but, you know, on stage, even though you can add makeup or costumes or physicality, there is somewhat of a limitation to what you're viewed as in terms of your what you offer to say, um, as an actor, you know, your physical presence, your physical appearance. Um, whereas in, in, so it's a little bit limiting, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there, you know, it, it, when I was auditioning for musicals, you know, there's only so much that I could sort of sing, you know, there's a, a certain vocal ranges that I have for singing. There are, uh, I, I'm, I remember as I start really started to lose my hair, I had a, a, a gig at a regional theater and, 
you know, they, they sort of looked at me and went, oh boy, I had an agent one time look at my, look at me and he goes, your hair is an issue. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, in voiceover, hair is not an issue. You right. can, you know, you can, I mean, so there's a, a truly transformative quality about it. So, you know, I, I could feel it going out for things um, as a, you know, the starving young actor. And I would go into a room full of, you know, European soccer player male models and I think I shouldn't be here this is not what I'm you know this is not what I'm here for however in the voiceover world I've been able to do all of these different kind of things that I I had no idea were available to me um and so you know I, I felt like I developed a range as an actor and then I was able to to put that into the voiceover world whether it was promos or trailers or character voices for commercials or e-lessons or whatever it might be. Um, it, you know, there was definitely a wider range of things I could pursue than just my, my you know, my physical persona on, on stage. Steve, was there, there a particular point in your uh, career, was there that sort of gotcha moment when you realized um, that uh, voiceover acting, a voiceover career was really going to, you know, take you far in this, this industry? I guess that it's a great question. I think it probably developed over time. I mean, when I, I, like I said, early on in my, in my sort of professional career, I, by a fluke, got in with this very big, reputable voiceover agency in New York, but, but I was very green, had never really done much voiceover and, and nothing really came of it. I think I booked two random radio commercials in like three years of them or something, which for those who don't know about the voiceover world, that's, that's nothing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's nothing at all. So some years passed and I was, I, I was traveling around the country, going to a lot of regional theaters and for me personally, I mean, I met some of my my greatest friends doing that. For me personally, I, I started to grow a bit tired of that lifestyle. Um, my, my wife was traveling a lot, too, at the time, and I, I just kind of wanted to be a little closer to home. And then in about 2011, when I started with this new agency, the NASCAR thing came along, and the technology started to develop that I, I, I was able to do it more from home. I started to realize this is maybe something that I that I could do. This could be a way to keep performing, even though I'm, I'm sort of growing tired of, of the life on the road and traveling and being away from my, my wife. And we decided to, to have a child. And since my wife had the quote, real job, unquote, uh, <laughs> it was decided that I'd stay, stay at home and kind of be the stay at home dad. And, but I could also still do my voiceover auditions when they came in and even do sessions from home. And little by little, I was able to build that up. So I had, you know, a real booth and real equipment. And mm -hmm. um, and like I was saying, even well before the pandemic, I was sort of set up to work from home and was doing probably, you know, 80 to 90 percent of my work from home. And it was kind of a rarity that I'd have to you know get on the train and go into the city. So it's sort of a long-winded way of saying it developed over time and eventually, you know, there, there sort of came a life, you know, stepped in the way and said, hey, you have some decisions to make. And, and so that's when it you know, sort of changed my mind about it. So. What are the biggest challenges that you've faced in your career as a voiceover artist? I suppose, you know, uh, dovetailing on that, uh, talking about you know, being at home with my son, I think it's time, you know, th these days, the, the great benefit about technology is that we can turn things around lightning fast and producers can be, you know, connected into your studio at a moment's notice. But that is also the drawback because everybody sort of expects you to be uh, on call, sometimes almost 24 hours a day, depending on the campaign and the location of where the, the producers are. And so obviously, as I mentioned, I, I have a child at home, he's five years old. Um, and that requires a, a lot of my time, which of course I'm happy to do, but it, it, it sometimes makes me think, God, am I, am I 
stretching myself too thin here, trying to maintain this career and be the stay at home dad. And especially as we've, you know, everyone in the world is dealing with this pandemic, you know, it's, uh, I'm now, you know, my son is home 24 seven. So it's not, you know, I used to have handful of hours every day when he'd go off to school and I could get some work done early in the day, get auditions done, get things planned out. Now it's really, you know, if something the last minute pops up, he's got to go in front of the iPad for a little bit. And I run upstairs, try to knock something out. And, um, so that's, you know, I think the hardest part of the career, I'm very lucky to pursue this career and really have very few things to complain about. Um, just the, the, the challenge is always finding the time and trying to make yourself available when, when maybe you aren't a hundred percent available. What has been the project uh, that you've been, I guess, the most excited to be part of, uh, that you may be most proud of for whatever reason? You know, it's it's funny that that you ask that because I always find myself sort of sidestepping this question a little bit. It's a, it's a, a perfectly rational question to ask because there are all kinds of different gigs and all kinds of exciting stuff. I mean, as you mentioned, I get to be the promo voice for The Mandalorian, the, the new Star Wars show on Disney Plus, which right. is you know one of the biggest shows in the world. And uh, so to say I'm not thrilled that that I, my voice gets to be on the commercials for that show, um, you know, would be a lie. It's it's just uh, sort of an unbelievable thrill. But I, I think every every job, I mean, I, I am still at heart, you know, the, this kid who grew up in Maine. Uh, I wasn't born there, but I grew up there and fell in love with theater. And any time I'd, I'd, I'd get a part in a show was super exciting. And, and I still get that way about any time my agents email me and say, hey, you booked this job, whether it's some little, you know, I do I do gigs that are one line things, you know, uh, one line with a British accent. Uh, you know, can, can you do this before sundown for us? Yeah, sure. OK to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the announcer for uh, match game on ABC hosted by Alec Baldwin. And I, mm -hmm. I love that, you know, I obviously love doing that job, but I, I think anything where I get to work hand in hand with other people is really important to me. The creative process is still a big part of it for me. You know, we, um, as I was mentioning, since the technology is so fast, I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll book jobs that I, where I, I never even speak to a client, you know, I'll just get a script emailed to me. And I'll say, hey, you booked this job. Uh, they'd like it back as soon as possible. Uh, and so then I just record it on my own. Nobody ever says a word to me and I, I send it back. And so, you know, those jobs are fun, you know, for certain reasons. But what I really love is getting to work with with other people and, um, you know, help them tell their story um, and work together. I think it's probably the closest thing to, you know, the rehearsal process that I used to get being a stage actor, which was one of my favorite aspects of, of being a stage actor. So, you know, I think throwing things against the wall, seeing what sticks, that's, that's what I love the most. Steve, how did you get the Mandalorian gig? So that actually is an interesting, it's it, another heart school connection. You know, you, you never sort of know where, where people are going to come into your lives and what role they'll play. Um, a, a, a great old friend of mine, Kyle Rodri, is now deep into the um, marketing side of things at Disney and was doing all of the um, original programming for Disney Plus when they launched. And he, for several years, uh, we'd been in touch and he graduated, I think, a year after me or two years after me. He had been, you know, for years very kindly saying, hey, I've got got an audition for you. Why don't you, you know, read for this thing? And uh, gotten close on a couple things and nothing ever quite hit. And then one day I got this email that I was being asked to do from my agent saying, oh, Disney would like to hear you on this Mandalorian thing. And I, of course, knew about the Mandalorian and uh, I was so excited 
that it was coming and oh the mandalorian that sounds cool but but you know it, again it was one of those things where it's another big job and i think i had just lost out on another commercial campaign recently and so i was kind of in the dumps you know and thinking oh great here's another big project that i'm gonna audition for and i'm never gonna get it all right fine <laughs> as we were talking about before I, I remember i was that day i was at the playground with my son i just he'd gotten home from school and i took him out to play and stretch his legs a bit and then of course i got a bundle him back in the car and go back home and put him in front of the iPad. And so the whole thing I was kind of bummed about, you know, mm. I said, all right, here we go. And then one thing led to another. I sent this audition in and then I got a call back and then they asked for other other little scripts and pit, what they call pickup lines where I had to re-record something. They changed the thing. And I, I, I didn't let myself fully believe it, but I said, I think this might might be happening. You know, mm. something, something seems different here. And then, um, sure enough, a couple weeks after I'd been recording some stuff for them, I, a spot came up on YouTube or, you know, I, I looked up an article about it and clicked play on the video and there was my voice. I couldn't wow. believe it. And so that was it, you know, but it was it was really Kyle who's done such extraordinary things for Disney. You know, as, you know, he started out as an actor and then worked his way up. You know, his own career had all these different different avenues and, and uh, he kept in touch with me and I'm forever grateful to him. He, he changed my life. Okay, so I'm going to pull something out of my hat here. Um, can you give us something in your Mandalorian voiceover voice? And I'm thinking, I don't know, you know, tell us what you, you what your highlight of the day was today, or I don't what you had for dinner, anything in 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 that voice. <laughs> Boy, this is a real workout. This is like a real uh, voiceover gym. I wasn't expecting to have to do so much work here. Well, yes. Yeah, so it's interesting. So the you know the the Mandalorian promo voice is a pretty uh, dramatic, sort of dark and energy but energetic, you know, it's got a drive. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, let's see what I what I had for dinner tonight. I would probably say something like, "Tonight's meal was a tremendous leftover cheeseburger that my wife made for me last night, only on Disney Plus." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! Thank you for thank you for um, going along with my my request. It's much appreciated. I have to oh, ask you it. because you mentioned the audition, right? A number of times. Is it always the audition process? I mean, are you ever hired? just outright based on, I guess, the work that you've done maybe for a, you know, a studio more than once. How does that work? Yeah, great question. Um, often it's, most often it's it's auditions. You know, I've got a, a great set of reps on both coasts that send me out for things. And so you get an audition emailed to you with the script and the specs, and then you send it back. And typically if you, if you book that, you know, you might, or you might get down to, you know, one or two of you, and then they'll They'll decide, and they do this sort of horrible thing where they, they check your availability. They say, are you available these days, this day? And then you wait another day or two, and then they say, all right, you booked it, or they've released you. So that's the sort of typical thing, and that's kind of every day. You know, I'm, I'm ostensibly unemployed every day. I'm looking for a job every day and hoping that auditions come in. But then when I feel very lucky is when I've been working with clients, and they, as you say, they'll, they'll call me back up for something else. I mean, that that's one of the most gratifying parts of this. Um, you mentioned my work for National Geographic. I've been very lucky to fall fall in with a couple of producers there who have uh, John and Darcy at, at Nat Geo Studios who have uh, we started out on one project that I auditioned for them, I guess almost a year and a half ago now. 
And then a couple months later, they they called me up and they said, hey, you know, we've got this other project that, that we think you might be good for. Let's let's give it a shot. And that ended up working out. And then another one and then another one. And so I'm, I'm always really pleased if something sort of comes my way and they say, hey, they want you for this. They want you for this. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just so, so gratifying to have that happen. And I, I feel very lucky that I'm sort of at a place in my career. I'm, I'm of course, nowhere near where I'd love to be. I'd love to be, you know, working all the time. And um, but I'm sort of finally at a place, you know, you reach different levels where I feel like I've got a, a decent client base. And um, and in fact, the folks, the wonderful folks um, at the production house, Buddha Jones, that did a lot of the Mandalorian stuff a few months after that, they called me up and said, hey, we've got a different, you know, completely different promo campaign, but we think you might be good for it. And so I got to keep working with them on that. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it sort, of, it sort of bounces around, but you always have to be ready. And like I said, every day is, you know, yeah, I mean, every once in a while I'll have a, uh, a job that is sort of a campaign or an ongoing thing for a period of time where, you know, for a few weeks or months, you might have some work lined up. But most of the time, it's just every day is something new. And that's sort of what makes it exciting. You know, as long as you have that mentality where you're OK with not quite knowing, you know, when the next check is coming in, then you can have a lot of fun doing this. Is it your voice that's your calling card and, and helps you the most when you're behind the microphone or in a recording booth, is it the fact that you're able to sort of combine uh, that, let's call it natural talent with, um, you know, the skills that you developed as as an actor? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, was it what is it about S- Steve French that makes you the voiceover actor that you are? Boy, you are really putting me on the spot. I can tell you've done this before. <laughs> you're making me examine myself in ways I've never, never really thought about. Well, you know, I, I think it's it's a combination of all those things. And what's sort of interesting about this line of work, especially today, that everybody is working from home pretty much. You know, what I do, it's sort of like we're doing right now, right, where I'm on, on one end. We're not looking at each other. We can't see each other. We just hear each other. So it's sort of this weird void that you go into when you connect. You know, we have different ways of connecting with the studios. So you have to present yourself in in a way. You have to kind of you have to read that room by just hearing it. You have to understand the personalities that are in the room. So what I've tried my hardest to do and I still work on every day is when when I sign on with that client, I try to make them feel glad that they that they picked me and happy that that we're spending a little time together. I want them to know that I'm grateful for the job uh, and that hopefully I'm going to make their job easy because I know what I'm doing on my end. You know, the idea is that you've trained and you've practiced and, and every session I do is sort of a training of its own, you know, and you, you, you're learning something new. But the hope is that you get behind that mic. I know what I'm going to do with that script that they've sent me. I've, I've analyzed it. I've, I've practiced it. I've worked through the pitfalls. And so the only thing that we have to work on are a few little notes and we kind of, you know, they have their something that they've been thinking about because they've been living with it for so long. And I've had a few things that I've thought about and I just try to tell the story that they need me to tell. And that's why they've hired me. You know, I mean, I think the key thing to remember is you've got the job. You know, when you're in the room, you've got the job. They've hired you. So just do the job, you know, have fun. I mean, the uh, it's often said, again, by people much, much smarter than than I. But if you, auditioning is the job. That that's what we do every day. We go to work to audition, to practice our craft, to try to get try to try to book that job and convince the people on the other end that that, that they should hire you. And then once you're in that room, just have fun. Let's play. Let's do it. You know, you can't take it too seriously. And I I think as we were talking about before, what's really gratifying about somebody asking you to work with them again is that they clearly think you know what you're doing and that you can get the job done. 
So that's, you know, I think your, your original question was what, what makes you, you, it's, I, I think it, I, I'm somebody that really enjoys doing this. You know, for me, right. that's the biggest thing. I've always loved performing. Um, the idea that I get, get to get behind a microphone and, and talk in one way or another mm-hmm. is really exciting to me. I never get tired of it. And, uh, so, so that's what they're getting. They're getting somebody that just loves doing what he does and hopefully we can have fun doing it together. When you sit down to watch TV, is it strange to, to hear your voice during commercials or, or wherever you might've sort of performed at that time and recorded at that time? Yes, it is. It, it's, it's always surreal. My wife the other night was trying to watch something, I think on YouTube, and she kept saying, your Mandalorian commercial keeps interrupting this video that I'm watching. <laughs> so I always, I always apologize that I'm interrupting people's television viewing, but yeah, it's, it's, and it's weird. And, and sometimes it's kind of amazing how fast they turn it around. I mean, I remember doing the, the promos for NASCAR at that time, uh, years ago, I was still going into the city to do them. So I remember one afternoon going in, having a nice recording session. We recorded the stuff. I took the train in New York, took the subway back out to Queens, got into my apartment. And I think an hour later it was on TV, what we had just done, you know? And so it's, it's always weird. It's always surreal. I of course kind of don't like listening to my voice because I always hear everything that I'm doing wrong and would change, you know, but it is, it's a, it's a really cool thing. And it's cool for me that like the people back home in Maine, you know, every once in a while will write me and say, Hey, I I heard you on, heard you on TV today. It was really cool. So (laughs) So I like that part. Voiceover artist extraordinaire Steve French, Hart School class of 2003. He's been the uh, the promo voice for NASCAR and narrated documentaries for National Geographic, calling his work on the hugely successful streaming series The Mandalorian, a, a voiceover dream come true. And, uh, well, we even heard Steve describe dinner in that voice uh, today <laughs> on um, You Heart to Hartford. Steve, thank you so much for, for joining us, and um, best of luck always to you. Thank you, Abe, and thanks for uh, this wonderful program that you're doing for the school. Hartford always has a special place in my heart, and uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't be where I am without it. Thanks again. Thanks, Abe. Production and research assistance for You Heart to Hartford provided by You Heart students Kristen Mascara and Dylan Reyes. I'm Abe Hefter.